You're listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time on RT Radio 1, Episode 20, Construction Studies and Classical Studies. Drive Time on RT Radio 1 with Sarah McInerney and Cormac O'Hara. Now it is time for Study Hub and Evelyn O'Rourke, I believe you're focusing on construction and classical studies this evening. Yes, every subject this evening has to start with a C and the second word has to be an S. That was the deal this evening. So yes, construction studies and classical studies. But you've just given away my subtle hints now, Cormac. Uh, we'll have to change the rules of our game now because of course you are very welcome into the Study Hub this evening and this week marking yet another milestone for the memory book of Leaving Cert 2021 because now with over 95% of you having registered on the exam portal we are in business or as they say it is on and between the accredited grades and exam choices we now know more about what lies ahead for the next few months which is a good thing in a few minutes then we'll catch up with Aoife Walsh education commentator to discuss where we are now and how it's all going with the Leave Insert we'll also be checking in with our friends from Jigsaw which is that organisation that offers excellent mental health supports for young people psychologist Dr Keena Hearn will be joining us to talk us through all that and then in terms of the classroom forget what Cormac said to you there okay just eliminate that for a second. We have two mystery subjects coming up this evening. Some suckle clues for you as ever. See if you can figure them out. Firstly, we go way back in time. Way, 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 way back. And in my opinion, this one clip possibly sums up both subjects this evening in one piece of movie magic. Yeah, all right, I'll grant you the aqueduct and the sanitation are two things the Romans have done. And the roads. Well, yeah, obviously the roads. I mean, the roads go without saying, don't they? But apart from the sanitation, the aqueduct and the roads... Irrigation. Medicine. Huh? Education. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. And the wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's something we've really misregistered. The Romans left. <laughs> public baths. All right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, a water system and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> and just in case you're still scratching your head about the possible topics tonight, we now whiz you forward a couple of centuries to a modern-day scene which illustrates that this next subject is as demanding on the heads as it is on the heart. You're admiring your concrete wall. I'm still not convinced it's what you originally had intended. I imagined I'd a really clean concrete piece. Okay. Which it's not. No. It looks like you're still waiting to finish it. I thought you'd like it. At this stage, Dermot can't afford to lose his client's trust or his architectural mojo. The stuff that I've asked him to see inside my head, the concrete wall, he still doesn't like. I don't think pushing people on a day like today when they don't like the concrete wall is the right thing to do. I need to change tact. I don't know what way I'm going to change it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I need to do something. And I need to do something quick. There you go, concrete walls, Dermot Bannon there. A man, I presume, who would endorse the second subject we're focusing on tonight, construction studies. So this evening, it's a case of discussing what Plato's cave might mean and then how you might try and build it once you get planning permission. So start getting your questions in now, 51551. But back to this evening, I'm joined on the line now by Aoife Walsh. Aoife, good evening to you. Let's begin with this week's bit of Leaving Cert Business and that all-important exam portal that closed at midnight, an extension on Tuesday night. A little bit of a rush there on that last day, probably to be expected. But what do we know about the exam portal and how it's worked so far. It seems to have been smooth enough. So the exam portal seems to have gone really smoothly. I know when it was first announced, it probably caused quite a bit of stress in the minds of the leaving certs and a bit worried about what they were going to choose and how they were going to do this. But it was quite seamless, a really easy portal to use. It didn't take a lot of time. Um, and people made their selections and off they went. It seems to have worked really well. Now, we know that the vast, vast majority of students did register on time, but if there are one or two kind of lone souls out there who missed out, have we any advice or steer on what happens for them next? 
Yeah, if you have not registered for whatever reasons, let's, let's presume that you maybe forgot about it, um, you can go back in and register during the, I suppose, the opening period that we're expecting to happen at the end of April, start of May. The only issue with that is that you're not going to be able to register for new subjects at that point. You will only be able to select your level and register for your grades or register for your exams. We did see in the portal because that um, information was inputted through the schools, there were some little in, um, sorry, not inputted by the schools, but taken in from school records. Sure. There were some little errors, like students may have still be listed from a subject they tried at the start of fifth year, but then changed. Mm -hmm. And it was very easy to change your subjects. But if you are doing this for the first time in April or May, you're going to find that a little bit more challenging. Now, I'm sure that the Department of Education have something in place for these students, but it will mean at that point probably having to email them and, and, and trying to sort it out. And it's going to be more complex than it was for students this time round. But for most people, if you're just going to be registering for your grades or exams or doing your levels or changing your levels, it should be OK to do it then. Now, next week, we keep calling it the week of clarity. Uh, mm -hmm. This should be the week when we finally get our hands on, you know, that final shape and structure of the papers. Uh, have we any sense of what this might happen next week? Do you think it's going to be as big a deal? Because already we're hearing, you know, from the teachers on this show, there are more choices. There's more time being given. It's going to be generous enough for students, isn't it? Well, I suppose that's what we're hoping. And, and, and that's really what our students need. We need choice. We need time you know with the very strange couple of years this class have had you're going to have an inconsistency in the whole population of leaving certain what topics are covered and maybe to what extent so students are really really going to need choice in order to be able to show their true ability and true reflection and true talents and we are expecting that to be there so i wouldn't be worrying too much if i was a leaving cert student right now wait for that document to come out Give your teacher time to go through it and to understand it. And then they will talk you through everything that you need to know for your exams. And even still, if something comes up and you just cannot answer it, mm -hmm. you've got your predicted grade there behind you, hopefully to, to, to fall back on. And let's talk about that system then. Do you imagine there'll be a fair amount of assessments and subjects to compile it? I mean, we know all the talk about mocks and, you know, the, the situation there. What is your sense of it then? Because that's a busy couple of weeks ahead for teachers and students in that part it, of the system. Yeah, it is. But, look, but the first thing I would say to students is remember that when you're getting your calculated grade, it's not an average. It's not a mathematical formulation that your teacher is coming up with of every test or piece of homework that you ever did. It's their opinion as a professional mm -hmm. of what they think you could achieve. And yes, they probably are going to do some testing over the next little while to help them assess that. But it's very going to be much on their opinion and not just on averaging out your scores. The Department of Education have also advised teachers that they cannot do more than three one hour tests between now and the 14th of May. So at a maximum, three big tests to figure out where students are and most teachers I don't think will will need to Aoife are you there we're just losing you a little bit there if you can still hear us you're talking about how the teachers are going to be working out the accredited grades can you hear me I think Aoife uh, I think Aoife's gone but I mean we pretty much got a sense of what Aoife was saying there which is it's all very calm it's all very reassuring if you've chosen the exams system on the show here we keep hearing about choices for students so that sounds good and equally if you've gone to the accredited uh, grade system um, teachers have you know again they've experienced this from last year it's again a very kind of you know reassuring message from Aoife there so I'm sure we'll talk to Aoife again uh, over the next few nights on the programme meanwhile we will move on to construction studies joined on the line now by Michael Hennessy from Hazelwood College in Limerick Michael you're very welcome to the show 
Thanks, Evelyn. Now, Michael, I want to start by saying that one of the main reasons we wanted you in particular and your colleague Jonathan in the background on is because your school does so well with this subject because part of the subject involves a project where students can make a piece of furniture. And in your case, your students create fantastic pieces. And if people are interested, they should check out your school website, Hazelwood College there in Limerick, to see them for yourself. Your students really embrace that part of the subject, Michael, don't they? They do, yeah. We, I suppose we're lucky enough that uh, we have a decent uh, woodwork room and equipment within it. And literally there's no piece of furniture. There's not any piece of furniture we reckon we couldn't do with any student. <laughs> <laughs> Between mirrors and chairs and all sorts of things. And you got and you took the photos on a sunny day, so it looks very attractive. And you've brought this stuff around the town and, you know, it's, it's a lovely relationship with the community as well. Yeah, we've done a few park benches down in the square in Drumcolour and we've uh, had a couple of benches put into the graveyard. And generally, yeah, if we've been asked to take on a project down the town, we've always had a look and I our value, we hope, to it. Excellent. And I like the advice that you give the students, which is, you know, make something that you want to bring home with you in time, that lad to the, you know, your home yourself for years to come, because there's nothing like a piece of furniture you've made yourself. The smugness of that is fantastic. Um, <laughs> but I, what's interesting in terms of moving on to the subject itself in a formal way, that project used to be worth 25%, but now this year with the concessions, that's now worth 50%. So at this point, where are the students at with that work? What's the timeline for them? Well, the time timeline for the minute is that the project has been extended officially to May 28, uh, which gives them a good uh, number of weeks left before they have to officially complete it. And I suppose the only thing that we're keeping in our mind at the back for the accredited grades kind of system too would, you know, you have to stop uh, taking that on the 14th of May. Sure. So we're trying to get them in before the 14th of May so we can hopefully use it for accreditation there. And they do a booklet as well. I mean, that's part of the exam, isn't it? Handing up that booklet. There's a a booklet that talks about the design and where you came up with the idea and different design ideas you may have had and going through to uh, drawings that you would have put together, uh, technical drawings and then um, the manufacture of it and the finishing of it. And there's quite a lot of detail and then you kind of have to do a reflection. uh, How did it meet the brief that you cited initially? And then... Um, kind of self-reflection as well. How, you know, what did you learn from the process and what would you do if you were to make it again? What would you change? Things like that, you know. Now we're always very good at that bit. Um, now, let's talk about the exam itself then. In your case then, students can walk in with over with 50% kind of covered by their project, which eases the nerves a little bit. And there's more choice yet again. Question one, that big question used to be compulsory. That's gone now as a compulsory component, I gather. So what do students face now with the paper? Well, the, they now have 10 questions that they can choose any five from, uh, which is a huge choice. Huge concession, um, yeah. Yeah, and the question one, the compulsory one that you were talking about is always a drawing question, a drawing section of a house detail, like a window or a roof, and they create, take quite a bit of time. You're probably talking 40 to 50 minutes to get it drawn and labelled. So to, to be able to avoid that question is is gives you more time out of your three hours to concentrate on something else. Give us an idea then of the other topics you cover because it's fascinating. Like question two and question three, you say, you you know, you advise the students, which is why we had Dermot earlier, to watch Room to Improve, to watch Grand Designs, to understand passive house technology, that all these things are themes right through the paper. Yeah, the passive house, I suppose, the new technologies are the ones that are standing out, that it's, it's becoming more important as each year goes by in the papers. 
And question two and question three lead ideally to the room to improve because you're talking about redesigning spaces, the functional requirements of, of houses, um, the functional requirement of a specific room in the case of question two. Uh, in the case of question three, you're talking about putting on an extension of some sorts to the back or to a side or maybe even more than one space if it was a two-story that they'd, they'd, they'd take into account. And you have to really know your stuff in relation to uh, things like wheelchair accessibility. And um, yeah, it gives lots of scope to bring like the, the buzzwords, I suppose, the south-facing large glass areas and things like bringing the outside in or taking the outside, the inside out to give you a bigger house or a bigger space to live in. Yeah, sounds um, very German ban in EO, right? In the, in the <laughs> answers as such, are they looking for kind of an English essay style? Are bullet points okay? Should students be kind of doing little sketches as they go along? Because it sounds to me like it's a busy paper. It's very busy, yeah. You, you have to, I suppose, the key words would be, it says notes and sketches. Uh, and in, in some cases, the notes and sketches are equal marks. You would have maybe in... Uh, two or three, depending on the question, you know, it says discuss using notes and sketches, uh, two functional requirements of something you'd have to draw and write notes for both. Uh, you can't use w one sketch to do both. Um, and you'd have to label it and colour it. And yeah, you, but you don't have to write the big, long essay English answer if you want. You can actually bullet point each of your points. And I suppose we'd be saying to our students, make sure not just make your point or make your statement, back up your statement, the why is more important, you know, why you think you're right to make that suggestion. Um, and your sketch would help you along the line there as well. Lesson and the, the, life in that one for us all, Michael. Back, <laughs> back up the statements if only we could. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to just uh, say goodbye to you now because we are trying to fit in a lot in this evening. But hopefully you won't mind. We might put some of your notes up on our on our website as well to help students. But thank you so much for giving us that little insight. And honestly, I was really impressed by those photos on your website, Hazelwood College in Limerick. It's, it's fabulous work that's going on down there. And thank you for joining us this evening. Now, next up, we are going to move on. And from the days of passive technology we are talking about there we go back to ancient monuments as we turn our attention to classical studies and this little piece hopefully will get us in to the zone. What's this then? Romanes ayunt domus. People call Romanes they go the house. Ayunt. What is ayunt? Go. Conjugate the verb to go. Here, uh, eh. Uh, is it? Imus it is. Aeunt. So aeunt is. Uh, uh, third person plural, uh, present indicative. Uh, they go. But Romans go home is an order, so you must use the. Yeah, imperative. Which is. Um. Um. E. Understand? Yes, sir. Now write out under times. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Hail Caesar, sir. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar indeed and to guide us through the subject we're joined now by Hugh Brett a very experienced classics uh, teacher and he's joining us from the Institute of Education on Leeson Street in Dublin this evening a wonderful subject Hugh great uh, one for students who enjoy maybe English and history I can attest myself to that so let's get started and it's worth pointing out that all of this subject comes down to that one paper there are no projects at this point involved in classical studies it's that paper it's three hours duration you might tell us a little bit about what we know so far about the structure of the exam paper this year for classical studies. Hi Evelyn, yeah of course. Um, so it's a three hour paper, 
300 marks up for grabs. Students will have to answer six questions across the paper with 50 marks uh, per each question. Now, some of the questions might be allocated, you know, a straight 50 marks, and some of them might be, might be broken into three or four different parts. It'll be four parts kind of maximum in a question. Um, that really allocates students 30 minutes per question, give or take, because you'd need to allocate time to read the questions and, you know, go over what you've written. Um, in a typical year, well, I suppose the, the breakdown of the paper is three groups, okay? So you've got group one, which is four topics in it, group two, which is three topics in it, and group three, which then ha also has three topics in it. Now, in previous years, what students would have to do is they'd have to answer one topic from one of the four topics in group one, one topic from one of the three topics in group two, and one topic from uh, one of the three topics in group three. And then they'd have to go back and they'd have to select another topic from any of the three groups um, and answer another question there. They then have to go and pick another two questions across the four topics that they've chosen with permission to answer a maximum of two questions per topic. But so this in context, because that's last year. Yeah, okay, but this so year they, they get to? This year they get to go through, um, again, three groups, same same uh, topics sure. on offer, um, but what they get to do is they get to answer on three topics again per each group, but they then get to go back and they answer the uh, last three questions on any topic with permission to have a maximum of three questions in a topic. And so what's your steer well, then to students? I mean, with this in mind and you know, considering that we're kind of heading into April at this point, what I mean, can people start to cut out a little bit? Can they start to trim down? Um, well, look, it really depends on each student's experience um, during the lockdown. Look, we all know that everyone has had a different experience with, with how they've been able to engage. Online learning has not been easy. So the great thing about this is that it gives students the opportunity, if they hadn't covered four topics, um, that they now have three topics they can cover and they can really specialise in topics that and they enjoy. And you like Roman art and architecture for students because it's finite, it's definite. Yeah, so look, the, the topics that I'd always go to are Alexander the Great because it offers four questions, really interesting. It's the most popular part of the course, really. Most students will answer on Alexander the Great. I then have two topics in Group 2, which would be Ancient Epic and Greek Tragedy. Um, and then in Group 3, I'd always go for Roman Art and Architecture. And I think that students who would cover those topics are maybe Greek Art and, art, art, uh, and Architecture. Um, the benefit there with Alexander is that you will have four questions to choose from. With Roman Art and Architecture, you will have four questions to choose from. If you're doing tragedy, odds are you've only covered two of the texts, so you have two questions to choose from. And with Ancient Epic, there'd be four questions there as well, but odds are you might only be in a position to cover three because the ton will be there as well, and there wouldn't just be time um, to cover all of that. With Roman art and architecture, personally, what I like about it, and um, for students, and again, it depends on your learning style, it depends on what you're interested in, but with Roman art and architecture, typically what you're going to find is that a town plan is going to come up. There's about 10 of them to choose from the questions uh, when they do get asked you know like it's you'll find a 15 mark question at the start that will ask you to maybe label five points on a plan if you know that that's 15 out of 50 marks um, in the bank for about three to four minutes of time if you know your stuff and um, the other stuff the other questions then that will follow will most likely be descriptive but the benefit you have as well is that you'll actually have an image presented in front of you, which will help guide you along the way. And for students who are covering that topic or the Greek aspect of it, those images are given to you for a reason so that you can employ them and use them. They're there for your benefit. Another aspect of Roman art and architecture there is painting as well. The image will be provided to you. There's not a whole lot to choose from. The only downside to Roman art and architecture is that you have to get the detail on the page. There isn't a whole... Uh, 
a lot of scope for for I suppose the word, the only word I can think of is spoofing. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, spoofing has got a lot of us a lot of grades over the years, but yeah. I, I take your point. It's very definite. If, if you take it on, you have to commit to it and learn it all. Listen, Hugh, it's a Greek tragedy for me to have to let you go. I'm devastated that you go because I love talking about this subject. And again, maybe with your permission, we might get some notes on our website as well. Um, I suppose, so for this evening, I'm going to say goodbye and thank you so much for that. Roman art and architecture all the way. Thank you, Hugh Brett from the Institute of Education in Dublin. And then just finally this evening, um, we a few weeks ago on the show spoke to Jen from Jigsaw to get some advice and support around mental health issues and we thought with so much going on we'd love to go back to Jigsaw. So this evening we're joined by Dr Keena Hearn, cl- clinical psychologist with Jigsaw. Keen, a very, you know, a tumultuous time all around really for students and families but do you think returning to school, has that offered some kind of mental relief for students do you think? Hi there. Yeah, I would say that it can really come down to the individual student themselves and their their circumstances. Some young people are really looking forward to getting back into school, socialising, meeting with their friends, whereas others are dreading the prospect of exams and school pressure and, and academics, that kind of thing as well. So it can really come down to the individual themselves as to whether they're looking forward to it or not. And this is key for you because you say, look, you know, often we hear, indeed, I'm guilty of it, give advice that's useful, you know, go for that walk, all that kind of thing. But you're keen for us to acknowledge the range of characters and personalities out there. Every student is different and listen to them, you say. Absolutely. We need to treat each young person as a unique individual with a unique story and experiences that are different to their peers and different to their classmates. So to try and put, kind of paint them all with the one brush of of just going for a walk or uh, eating healthy to, to improve their mood or their coping skills isn't going to work. We need to be interested in each individual young person, listen to their story and, and respect that they have their own ways of dealing with things that may not be the same as the majority. Now, you carried out a fascinating survey recently. What did you learn? What did it tell you? <laughs> So, yeah, we found that there was actually less than 50% of teachers are comfortable with supporting students' mental health. And yet there's a, a high proportion of teachers that are being met with students who are experiencing mental health difficulties. Right. So, so, so in listening to, to teachers and their needs on that and to students, we have developed a, an online hub for schools for teachers to look at what they can do to support themselves in supporting young people and also giving really vital information about mental health for young people and and how to support them in that. I think what's so interesting is your thing about focusing on the individual because I think we're all, you know, as I said, guilty of sort of giving this one size fits all. What you want to do is sort of empower parents and teachers to, to hone in on that individual and to work, as you say, with their story. Yeah, I think what what we need to start asking ourselves is is not what's wrong with this person and what are their symptoms. We need to start looking at each individual young person and think about what's happened to them, what's their experience, how are they making sense of school and the pressures that go with that, and what are they doing to cope? How are they surviving as an individual? What are the things that, you know, what are their strengths and the things that they can lean on when they're going through particularly stressful times. And the only way we can do that is by actually listening to them, taking them seriously, respecting what they have to say uh, and and walking that journey with them. And I know that's really difficult because teachers' timetables are are really jammers as it is, but 
we would say that teachers can be one good adult for every student and not to underestimate the role that they can play in supporting the students in their classes. Well, we interviewed some, you know, we talked to some of our sixth year friends on the show a few weeks ago and, you know, inevitably or invariably they were happy to be back. They liked the structure. It was interesting. You know, it seemed to be a positive experience for them to be back, mainly, as you say, everybody, you know, has their own story as such. But in the, in the main, people seem to be kind of back at that routine, seem to work for them. But Keen, just finally then, where should students go if they're looking for some advice from you and some of those supports and the teachers too. Yeah, I really strongly encourage people to engage with jigsaw.ie. It's our website where you'll find the schools hub, you'll find information for young people. There's free web chat and support available for all young people, Great. teachers and parents to get that information. Super. Well, look, thank you so much, Dr. Keen Hearn from Jigsaw, clinical psychologist Jigsaw, joining us this evening. Uh, that's our lot for this evening. Thanks to all our contributors as ever. We're back on Tuesday for the start of what we call here the Week of Clarity, as final changes to the shape and structures of the exam papers should be confirmed. So tune in on Tuesday. We'll discuss engineering, design, communication, and we will give you any updates on the exam subjects. Until then, you can download our podcast on the RT Radio 1 page and email us with your questions or comments on studyhub.rt.ie. You were listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time at RT Radio 1. Tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30pm.